I, coming out of the nonprofit world, was used to making peanuts. So valuing my time was very hard to do. Welcome to the iFund Women Show, where we are talking to one entrepreneur about one huge problem in her business, and we are going to help her solve it. I'm your host, Karen Kahn. My team and I founded iFund Women to help female entrepreneurs get access to the capital, the expert coaching, and the lucrative connections all designed to grow our ideas into profitable, sustainable businesses. Let's do this. Hello, 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 iFund Women Land. Welcome back to the iFund Women Show. So today we're going to be talking with Deb Sokobin. And the problem that we are going to be solving for her is how do I own my own power? How do I own being the face of my new brand, of my burgeoning startup? And that is just a universal question we keep getting from our audience. Like, it's my personal brand. I'm the face of this thing but maybe I'm an introvert or maybe I'm not so excited about social media. We hear this a lot from our Gen Xers as well. We didn't grow up on social and it's not as comfortable for us to keep putting ourselves out there. And so it's not only about you know, how do I represent my brand because it's me, but it's also about how do I feel confident in going out and selling my products and services as the face of the brand. And I think that's the latter part is more what we're going to talk about today. So without further ado, Deb, welcome. Thanks, Karen. So Deb, what is the problem that Next Chapter Concierge is solving? And go into detail. So everyone who's watching, everyone in the world has moved at some point in their life. And moving is not easy, no matter what age you are. And I just helped my parents downsize in the summer. Uh, which is what inspired me to start this business. They moved out of a home after 48 years into a two-bedroom apartment. So Next Chapter Concierge is all about ensuring that the moving experience is a positive, stress-free one as you downsize. And in the D.C. area, so many people are transplants with kids, family spread out all over the country, moving is that much more of a daunting, lonely, difficult task. So, um, so can I ask a couple of probing questions about that? Yes, please. Okay. Who are your target customers? Like who, who are the three people? So Deb mentioned that she's got three paying customers already after month mm -hmm. one, which is amazing. And I'm yeah. not BSing you. We do, we're a no yeah. BS show. That's yeah. unbelievable, especially because you're a service-based business and it's not super cheap. It's not inexpensive. Right. You know, it's a four to five figure, depending on what people need and want you to do. Can you kind of list out exactly what you do, what, oh, what yes. services you offer? For sure. It's, it's a whole laundry list and it's very person specific, project specific. Anything from moving estimates uh, at the get-go, packing someone up for a move, helping declutter before they list their apartment, their house, before they downsize helping determine what items to sell in an estate sale, what items to just donate, to junk, to save for posterity, and what will fit. I can help people determine what furniture and items will fit in their new place, referrals to estate sale companies, and then, of course, unpacking and making sure people feel at home in their new space. 
but it's interesting you asked me who my clients are. And right now it's been, with, with one exception, it's been the adult children. I'm, I shouldn't say they're my clients, but they're the ones that have reached out to me. And this won't surprise you, primarily daughters reaching out because even when daughters and, and the daughters I'm thinking of both live in California, two different clients uh, and are dealing with their parents' condos in Maryland and their parents, unfortunately, are deceased. But because of COVID, you know, the world is just so complicated, that much more complicated right now. So I've been dealing with the adult children of several people. Um, Got it. This is interesting because so you are servicing senior adults mm -hmm. who are in the Metro DC area right. and who are going from their home or their condo, wherever they were living into generally assisted living assisted or living some sort of- independent living, but a much smaller one level apartment. Situation. And what is that like emotionally? So, so your client, you're selling to the adult children, right? That's who's paying the bill. That's right. With one exception. Yes. Yes. Correct. Got it. But so what's it like working with the seniors? Because that's the special sauce. Right. That's where my background in the nonprofit world and doing senior programs and Jewish communal service comes into play because I have to kind of wear a social worker hat and muster all of my patience and appreciation for that generation. Because parting with your stuff that you've had around you for 50 years or more is challenging. Absolutely. Oh yeah. my gosh. When I think about my parents who are not there yet, knock on wood, Nance yeah. and Jorge, they've got a house and my, you know, there's, they've collected things. They're not like collectors, but you know, it's, it's my bat mitzvah album. It's, you know, 8,000 yeah. clippings from God knows what. So tell us about that because that, that stuff, I can't imagine having that conversation with my mother about what stays and what goes. Yeah. Well, one client in particular who's in Northern California, we've been Zooming for hours going through her mom's china cabinet, the her dresser. It's as if like the mother died during COVID. Nobody could travel here to help right. disperse any of her love, beloved belongings. So over Zoom, we're determining which family member gets the teapot, which family member gets the fur coat, what should we sell in the estate sale? And it's, I mean, I'm, we're all sick of Zoom, but I'm so thankful for Zoom because it's really been a godsend, you know, to help people kind of go through this process. And it's, it's painstaking. Wow. It's painstaking. It's painstaking. And do yeah. you, I mean, I could talk about this forever because I think there's so many use cases for this. So in this case, the, the senior had passed. Had passed away. Right. What's right. it like working with seniors who are full faculties, got their wits about them and they, you know, they just, they need you to take the load off mm -hmm. and the logistics. And I know that you're a logistical ninja. I mean, literally, <laughs> I know you are. And you've had an, you've had a 20 year career in doing just this. I mean, right. you've got domain expertise left, right, and center. So there's no question this business is going to be extraordinarily successful. The question will be, how do you even scale you in the DC area because right. it's such a huge market, but getting back to what it's like to work, to with, work with the seniors, seniors. Um, my first client, actually the husband reached out to me. It was a couple downsizing from a sprawling home in the suburbs of DC. 
uh, to a two bedroom apartment, similar to my parents situation. How old were they? Do you mind me asking like a range? I believe, I don't know for sure, but I believe they're in their early seventies. Okay. Great Great couple, very, you know, active and mentally active, the whole, the whole, whole package. And they knew what they wanted to part with. So it wasn't, wasn't hard at all. But I do have another client, my, my first official client that I've signed, sealed and delivered. And it was a different situation. His sister lives in Chicago, heard about me through where I used to work. They gave me as a resource, which was amazing. Amazing. Not surprising. Um, you're, you're going to, bl- your phone is going to be ringing off the hooks. <laughs> you um, better rest up. <laughs> and he is divorced has lived alone for 20 something years in a condo. So this is the son. This is the this adult. Is, this is the, it's the brother. The, the, the sister called me from Chicago to help have me work with her brother. Who's the single guy in his mid seventies, Parkinson's and definitely had those tendencies to hold on to lots and lots of stuff. But he was moving into a senior living community into a one bedroom, small apartment, lovely, but really needed some coaching, I guess, that, you know, you don't really need that snow shovel because you're not going to be having to worry about shoveling your snow, but it's brand new. Do you need it? So it was, it was a lot of that kind of thing. A lot of stuff he was trying to part with. He wanted me to take. Oh my God. That's a whole other revenue opportunity. (laughs) That that's like good. Put that in your back pocket, take the shovel. It's brand new. So that's so interesting. Yeah. How long did that process, this is a good use case. How long did that process take? I mean, that, I mean, to me, that sounds like hours and days and, and, and these conversations are probably also exhausting for both the client and for you. So tell us a little bit more about that. Well, that's what I learned because it's still learning at this stage. Well, one Um, month in, cut yourself some (laughs) stuff. Come on, really. Well, working with this gentleman, I saw his place, small one bedroom condo. I knew he was moving to an even smaller one bedroom. And I thought, I'm a fast worker. I can make these decisions. But I didn't really take into account that he was going to want to help me make, you know, he was going to ultimately make the decisions. I was going to kind of guide him. But every decision took, let's say, 20 minutes. But if you're going through someone's closet and you have to look at every pair of pants, and I felt badly because I that was like five hours just to go through his one bedroom apartment. And then the move was the next day. So I really learned double the amount of time you think it's going to take, especially if you're working hand in hand with the senior in their space, no matter Absolutely. how big or small. Yeah. So, so, oh, that's such good learning. See, isn't it great? Yeah. Like, so you're doing this so smartly and you've never been an entrepreneur before and no. working in working in you know organizations like the, the JCC right. and all these big big orgs right. where you were running the senior programs it's right. not like running your own business where you really you learn so much in the earliest yeah. days and what's great about you is like you're open to learning it a lot yeah. of entrepreneurs are not which yeah. which is brings me back to my like you know I'm always plugging the Gen Xers because I think we're just more willing to learn. Yeah. 
we don't need to be right because we know we have been wrong so many times before, <laughs> right? So, yeah. okay, so you learned that you needed to you need to take more time. And did he have a lot of throw out stuff? Did he have so a lot of- So much, so much, so much trash. We always underestimate the amount of trash we have in our, you know, in everybody's house. Yeah. So yeah, lots of throw out, a lot of donations. And I- took care of bringing stuff to Goodwill and to this wonderful organization that I love that gives the clothing to people in need as well. So yeah, it's great. It's and you're, great. you're a for-profit, right, Deb? Got, correct. Hallelujah. Good. Honestly, the work you are doing is not only physically labor intensive and luckily like you're a marathoner, like you're in unbelievable <laughs> shape. Seriously. No, so it's it physically I, laborious, it's emotionally laborious, and hopefully as things roll along, you'll charge. So let's talk about your pricing actually, okay. because I'm sure you're learning as you go. I think that for a lot of new service-based businesses mm -hmm. where you are the product, your services are the product, you are the face of this thing. People want right. to work with Debbie because they know that she's experienced. They know that she's going to, she, obviously you've seen her for 20 minutes. She's the most lovely, nurturing kind. I mean, truly you are wow. also a lover of puzzles, you know, so, <laughs> so true. maybe you could give up the puzzles to them to do while you're doing their stuff. Just be distracted with a puzzle. Right. I don't know. Those pieces are small, but anyway, how, how have you thought about your business model vis-a-vis -vis the pricing? Are you iterating? Are you charging too little, too much? What do you think so far? Well, that has been really challenging for me. And that kind of slowed me down in terms of launching because when I was in Chicago helping my parents, I hired a company that does a similar thing to what I, that's what inspired me to start this business. And they were pricey. And I, coming out of the nonprofit world, was used to making peanuts for my entire, you know, 35 year career from yeah. you know, long before I moved to Maryland. Yeah. So valuing my time was very hard to do. And I actually offered my first three clients a discount, partially because I really wanted to start to scale my business or to, yeah, you know, of course, launch. that's what we all do. You have to yeah. do that to get people in the door. You're right. not a known entity. You don't have the testimonials yet. That's right. what you got to build up. So that's okay right. to discount. Yeah. So I'm still, you know, I've researched some of the other, there is competition in the area, though nobody I found, everybody else felt very corporate when I looked at their websites. I feel like I'm, I, I wanted to project a more down to earth, approachable, warm kind of vibe, because that's yeah. who I am. Yeah. And I just was not comfortable charging at that level, at least not yet, not until I have more experience and feel I don't know, more confidence in the business land, okay. the business landscape. That's, that's fair. Okay. Yeah. So now you're on client number three, you're about to sign client number four, and then you experience your parents. So they weren't a client obviously, but right. like you've done it a few times. Yes. Do you think that you're ready to slightly increase your prices or increase the hour allotment? That's the other thing. And I want to make an analogy. So at iFund Women, we work with amazing brands like American Express and Caress and Visa right. and Jane Walker and all these amazing brands who are giving grants 
to women entrepreneurs through our platform. Mm -hmm. And in exchange, we do these really cool marketing programs with them. And we do a lot of like creative work and design work and pitch competitions and all kinds of great things to rally the community. In exchange, they're giving money to our entrepreneurs. But what we have learned, and it's interesting. So Sarah Summers, my co-founder, she runs this part of the business, the enterprise business. At first, we were not we didn't know what to charge either because we're not a media company. We're not a sponsorships company. We're a fintech. So we really, even though I'd had tons of experience in media, I still really didn't know what to charge. So at first we were charging so little and we started really tracking the hours of yeah. the designers, the copywriters, the web developers, the event producers, the video production, all the things that go into it. Right. We started tracking the hours and we would take people's salaries, divide it by what their hourly rate was. It wasn't that we weren't charging, well, we aren't charging enough on the hourly rate, but that's neither here nor there. We weren't accounting for enough hours. We were accounting for about a third of the hours that it was taking us to do the work. So we have since revamped that. So as a yeah. little, a thought for you is what we have found that's been successful too, because we had one brand push back on us that where we worked with them last year, they were one of our first clients and we were charging them like peanuts because we were just so excited to get the client. Like, right. It was our first thing. We were like, oh my gosh, they want to work with us and like, great. So they wanted to renew and they did renew and we sent them the proposal there. Oh. They had sticker shock. <laughs> They were like, why did the other one cost not that much? And this one costs more. Yeah. And we broke it down on the spreadsheet. We sent them a spreadsheet of all the hours. And then they were great. They were so gracious. They got it. So that might be something you want to consider. Yeah, that, that was also challenging. Like how to estimate how much time it's going to take to go through someone's, you know, place that's nestled in their heart from years of life experience. So yes, I do need to, because I also would look at the bottom line, like how can I propose a $5,000 job? I'm just Debbie Sokobin. I'm just this, you know, nonprofit, nice person. <laughs> I'm not like a hard driving corporate woman, but you know what? It's my time. I put a lot of effort and energy into this and I'm going to give 110% because that's who I am. So, and you get the job done and you have happy clients, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. Getting customer testimonials. So mm. have you finished with the three clients? I've only finished with one and I did create a survey to send to clients as I finished the job. Thanks to my iFund women coaches who've taught oh, me that. <laughs> I learned so much about customer discovery, but anyway, that's another show. No, but so. that's great. That's honestly so yeah. great. So, but before I even could send this, the sister of this gentleman I worked with my survey, she's like, I want to give you a testimonial. <laughs> I feel so comfortable. Tr I trust that you're going to do right by my brother. And it just made me feel really good. So of course I was then embarrassed. I sent her the survey and I said, and if you're still like to give me a testimonial, like, why can't I just say I'm ready for that testimonial? Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. All right. So listen. These are all so solvable. And like part of it, I'm looking at the graphic that's sitting here and I'm remembering the problem we're solving. How do I own my own power? Yeah. You're, you're doing it. You're doing it. You're doing it. It just takes practice. Yeah. It literally just takes practice. 
And the first bunch of times that you're like pitching or explaining things, you're doing it. And you don't have to be plastered all over social media. So let's go to another another piece of this, which is sort of sales and marketing, which is, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, when you get the phone call or the referral and mm-hmm. you meet with the family, you tend to close. Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness. I mean- Not yes. thank goodness. That, that- <laughs> why are you closing? Tell me why you think they're hiring you. I think- they like what I have to say. They like the way I say it. They like my approach. But yes, putting myself out there as the face of this business, like Facebook was the first place I announced my business. Mm-hmm. I am a shy, introverted person by nature. I am not a big poster on Facebook. So it felt weird. I don't like being the center of attention, but I had friends sharing my post. That's how I got my first call for a client. And also I have a wonderful friend who's a realtor who was gave my card out and I've gotten other clients from her, which is so great. Thank you, Susan. And Thank um, you, Susan. That's called networking. <laughs> yes. Everyone, that's called networking. That's how yeah. it's done. Yep. Yeah. But now I know I need to post again. And I I posted twice. I posted twice. Oh my gosh. That's pretty darn good ROI (laughs) for almost three, almost four customers at the four figure price range for two Facebook posts. That's awesome. So yeah. So now I'm back to having that, you know, angst in my feeling in my stomach about putting something I want to post about with my testimonial. I'm really proud, but you read my mind. So now it's going to be about content marketing. You're in a space where you are already off to such an unbelievable start. You're not going to have to be miss social media. You're just not. And by the way, when you really start raking in the revenue, you're going to need to hire people. You're going to need to hire people to help you with all the labor. You're going to, yeah, I have, I have already just on a very part-time basis. Other people like me, women of a certain age who are just looking to do some good in the world on a very part-time basis. I mean, that's not my goal, but yeah, Yeah. right. Absolutely. Right. So at a certain point, you're going to be able to hire a, you know, part-time social media person who will post content because ultimately you don't need to be the face of it. You need to be the face of it for your customers. And focusing on your customers is the thing that's going to make your business soar. It's not how great your Instagram looks and how many times you post on Facebook. It's just not. Right. Marketing, especially online, is important just so people know what you're doing. Yeah. It's just really is what it's important. And then once they know what you're doing, you know, there's only so many times you could post about that at the beginning that you definitely want to get those testimonials. So you could consider baking a discount into the contract at the beginning, you mm-hmm. can say like, if you, if I do a great job for you, if you can commit to writing me a testimonial and give them a template of okay. like, give them a template and Shaquilla, who does our uh, social media coaching uh-huh. in your next coaching session with her, yeah. you guys can create a template that's already ready to make it easy for people to fill out a testimonial mm-hmm. that you can transfer and put right on your website. Wow. Interesting. That's the I thing. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. So circling back. Yes. To owning your power. Yeah. What have we learned? <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. I got it. I 
I have years of experience as a resource person in this community. I have the love for the demographic. They're my people. And I, I can make this real. <laughs> you are making it real. That's the thing. It's like, and yeah. it's not going to be solved in one like pseudo startup therapy session, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But the reality is your pitch is down. You've got a business that is generating revenue. You've got happy customers already. You're doing it. So it's just a function of literally practicing saying the words. Right. And it's, you know, it's, it's not like you to, it's not like most women to feel like you want to brag. Right. And it feels uncomfortable just so you know, Deb, for most women, myself included, and it, I know it doesn't seem like that because I'm always like, you know, on Instagram and doing this, that, and the other, but it's for work. It's, it's content marketing. Yeah. It's what I got to do to like, let people know that we have resources and coaching and funding and, right. you know, things that can help them. If our head of marketing comms, Julia Steele, shout out to Julia. This is like, this is what we have to do to get people to know about us. And it's right. the same with you. But once you have stories to tell, or even like little quotes from maybe you're working with a senior adult and they say something really sweet mm -hmm. and, you know, you ask them like, oh, can I, can I put that on my social media? You get their permission. Right. But that's another thing that you can say like, oh, you know, Mr. So-and-so said the sweetest thing to me today when we were packing up was he said, you know, I haven't worn that since the seventies anyway, and the seventies weren't a great era for me. So ditch it. <laughs> I don't know. Just something cute. Yeah. Things that once you just keep talking about the little mini wins and celebrating those wins, that's another way to start owning your power in your business is to celebrate the wins. Yeah. We do not do this enough as entrepreneurs because we are like deer in the headlights. Holy moly. I'm running right. this business. Right. I need a developer. I need a person. I'm, I'm working a million hours a week, a day. I'm a horrible parent. It's COVID. <laughs> you know, it's just been, it's hard, yeah. right? I had three clients. Am I ever going to get any more? <laughs> right. It's those days yeah. where you're in your own world, but that's why it's so important to celebrate the wins, even if they're little wins, when Mr. So-and-so says, thank you for getting this polyester mushroom suit out of my, from the seventies out of my closet because the seventies stunk Yeah. or, you know, moving Mr. So-and-so into his new place. So how, how's he doing? Good. Very happy in his new place and sold the condo and starting a new chapter. And so Great. how long do you stay with your clients and or the the seniors in terms you know, of like follow-up it's a case-by-case -case basis i think he actually called me a couple days after we had parted just to kind of have me remind him where a few things were because me and my one of my team members unpacked him and he was really sweet and thank you so much and when i said goodbye to him and of course i was feeling sad. I'd only known him for about a week and a half. Oh, he was but, your COVID friend. Yeah. <laughs> I said, you call me if you need anything. And he said, no, and you call me if you need anything, which I thought was so sweet. Oh man. Yeah. You, Debbie, Deb, I mean, you're there. <laughs> yeah. You're there <laughs> and you don't have to be anybody, but you, you really don't, you don't have to be all this BS glamorous, badass business ladies and entrepreneurs and you're seeing them everywhere and they look fabulous and they're owning their power. Yeah. 
so much of that is smokes and mirrors. I mean, really, yeah, it's a practice. It is literally a practice like a yoga practice, just owning your pitch and feeling confident about like what you do, how much you're charging, what services you're offering and having those testimonials of these happy people that you've taken a really potentially traumatic time in people's lives, whether it's the adult children, they're fighting over the stuff, right. they're spread all over the country. Seriously, these yeah. are the use cases. Yeah, These are your clients. So dealing with their Michigas, and that means stuff, craziness, their BS, craziness. <laughs> Dealing with their Michigas on top of really wanting to focus on the senior. You know, that is a skill set that is, I don't know anyone else that has that. I really don't. So like, when are you coming to New Jersey? When are you coming <laughs> to Massachusetts? I'm sure that's why everyone's been asking you. Okay. So to wrap up, yes, Miss Debbie, whom I love, how do you feel that this went? Do you feel like you're on your way to owning your power? And what do you think you need to do to keep this practice up? I just have to remind myself that I can do it. I've done, I'm doing it and be comfortable talking about it and, and think of it as not talking about myself, but talking about what I want to accomplish and how I want to help people. Absolutely. Mic drop. Peace. Entrepreneurs, thank you for listening to this episode of the iPhone Women Show. If you loved what you heard and you learned stuff, please go and give us a five-star review. That's right, five stars. Do it, do it, do it. Subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts and share it with everyone you know, or at least share it with the entrepreneurs in your life. And you do have our permission to share it with dudes. We are an equal access funding platform. If you have any questions, suggestions, comments, concerns, thoughts, feelings, whatever, Follow at iPhoneWomen on all the socials. We would love to hear from you. Slide into our DMs and we will totally get back to you.